According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Good evening, good evening family and friends, ladies and gentlemen. I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. We are in our new year and it's so exciting. Tonight is Wednesday, January the 17th, 2018. And we are on the Defender once again on this broadcast. And we're so appreciative to be able to have this medium, this format, to be able to come and speak to you week after week, entering into your living rooms, into your work habitations, and wherever you may be. We just thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be able to spend some time with you because we know you could be doing anything right now, but you chose to tune into the broadcast. So we want to thank the Resilient Christian Radio Network for allowing the Defender broadcast to come on week after week and to communicate and express the ideas of God as related in the scripture as he reveals them to us. So we are so pleased to have this opportunity. We are so pleased to have this time to be with you. I'm telling you, it's a lot of things going on right now. It's um, truly exciting. Uh, truly a lot of things are happening in our nation across the media airwaves, and more than ever, we need to know who we are. More than ever, we need to know that there is a power that exists outside of what we are seeing with our natural eyes. So I say that, and tonight we're, we're back at the desk once again, and we want to present once again, um, we've been here before, but we're going to really be strong with it tonight. And I'm praying that you all would be able to really uh, be able to grab something from our presentation tonight. We're hoping that you are able to really reconcile some things within yourself and allow your, your four faculties to be open and to be operative, to be able to receive and embrace the things of the Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to preface this to say that this particular broadcast, we're going to be dealing with uh, some issues, and the issues that we're going to be dealing with is primarily devoted to your building and your equipping within your own being. I'm going to say that again. Tonight we're going to be dealing with some things that are going to be related to equipping and building things within your own being. And so there's going to be some prerequisites in order for you to be able to fully grasp where we're going tonight. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But first and foremost, I want to say that if you have not received the Spirit of God, if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then tonight is going to be somewhat difficult for you. And I say that not because uh, we're trying to alienate anyone, but because it's going to take a certain capacity to be able to receive what's coming across the broadcast tonight. 
I'm going to say that again. It's going to take a certain capacity to be able to receive what's coming across the broadcast tonight. And you will not be able to engage in what we are presenting if you don't have the right organ that's active. What do you mean by that, Brother Fox? What are you saying? I'm saying to you that in order to really understand and to really grab a hold of what we are presenting tonight, you're going to need to have your spirit to be open and operative. Your human spirit, which we all are born with, will need to have come in contact with God's regenerative power through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, I'm saying that this broadcast is primarily for those who are saved, who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now, we're not ostracizing anyone from coming on the broadcast and from listening, but I'm saying by experience and by biblical precept that it's going to be difficult for anyone who is not entered into that union with God to receive what we're bringing tonight. I hope that makes things clear. And I say that, and you'll understand that from the title tonight, because the title of our broadcast is called The Supernatural Man. I'm going to repeat that. The title of our broadcast tonight is called The Supernatural Man. So what I've just described to you is the fact that when we are born, we are born in a natural condition. That's you, me, everybody on this planet, everybody that comes through the womb of their mother. Everybody is born in a natural condition. And so our broadcast tonight is called The Supernatural Man. And that means that there is something added or there's something above the natural part of ourselves. And it'll make sense as we go along. But I wanted to go ahead and throw that caveat out there so that no one would be disappointed and you would truly understand where we're coming from. Because on the Defender, we like to breathe up front. We like to be forward. We like to speak uh, truth as God delivers it to us. So I'm saying that to you. So we'll take this opportunity now, uh, even before we get into the broadcast, is that if you are listening to this broadcast right now and you know who you are, wherever you are, if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can do so right now. Very simply, the Bible says that if anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so it gives us a prerequisite of how we're to do that. And for one, we go to the Lord and we repent of our sins and our trespasses. We ask God to forgive us. Forgive us because, see, you and I, when we're naturally born, we're naturally born being at odds with God. We are naturally born in a state where we are opposing the things of God. And it's nothing that you did. It's nothing that I did. It's not particularly your fault. It's not particularly my fault. It's just the nature of the law of being. Did you get that? It's the nature of the law of being. We are born antagonistic to the things of God. 
because it's natural. And that happened way before you and I were uh, conceived on this planet. It happened a long time ago. It happened uh, in the garden. It happened with our forefather, Adam, when he sinned and rebelled against God. Then the sin nature came on all of humanity. So that's a fact. We don't have to dispute that. But we do know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to redeem us from that. And when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, then that part of us is removed and we can now have fellowship with God. So all you got to do is repeat a simple prayer, but mean it from the bottom of your heart and mean it from, your, from, from the depths of your being and truly to repent. When you repent, that means you change not only your mind, but you change your behavior, you change your lifestyle, and it also means that you change lordship, meaning that you and I, before we get saved, we are the Lord, the King, the ruler over our own life. But when you accept Christ, then he becomes the Lord, the King, and the ruler of your life and my life. And so we ask for him to forgive us of our sins and our trespasses, and we ask him to come and to live inside our heart, to come inside our being. It's just that simple. I mean, it's not a long, drawn-out process. It's just as simple as you going on and calling on the name of the Lord. It's just as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have come short of the glory of God, I know that I've done things wrong. I know that I do things that I continuously uh, am sorry for, and I'm repenting for them things, but I don't have the power to change. And I'm asking you, Lord, to come and live in me, forgive me of my sin, and become my Lord and Savior, and take over the Lordship of my life. It's just that simple. However you want to phrase it, it's just repenting, asking for forgiveness, and then asking for there to be a change of ownership. It's just that simple. And when you do that, then another person, his spirit, comes and lives inside of you. And I say that's the biggest difference in those of us who walk this walk. Many other religions have their gods that live on the outside of them. But when you become a born-again or a regenerated believer, your God in the person of Jesus Christ through the agency of the Holy Spirit, comes to live on the inside of you. And so that's the advantage that we have because our God lives within and many other religions, their God lives without. So I hope I made that clear, okay? So hopefully you got that. So if you, if you understand that and if you're ready to go forward, we can go forward. So we'll go ahead and do this and set the precedent. I'll say a quick prayer here. You can join in with me, and if you mean it and you are truly confessing your sin and truly asking God to forgive you and to come and live in your life, then he'll come and do it, just that simple. And you can say as simple as this, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've trespassed against you. God, and I'm asking you now, I know that your son Jesus Christ died on the third day, he rose again, and he ascended up to you, Father. I thank you that he is the life-giving spirit. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe 
in you, the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I'm asking you, God, forgive me for my sin and come and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now, and it's in your name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Now, that was my take on it. You may have a different take on it, but meaning what you're meaning and truly being repentive and reflective, then God can come and now be your agency for life. Amen? All right. Now, so now that we got that part, as I said, the title of our broadcast tonight is called The Supernatural Man. Now because you have received his spirit into your being, you are now a supernatural man. And that man is not denoting gender, okay? So this is for males and females alike. We're saying man in the reference of humanity. So I want you to understand that. So being a supernatural man. Now, let's understand this. The supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit. The natural man lives his life through his soul and his body. Therefore, we can conclude that the supernatural man is a man possessed, owned, and occupied by his spirit. Did you get all that? I'm going a, I'm to a re, rehash that, okay? I'm going to remix it real quick for you, okay? So you got that. We're talking about being a supernatural man. And I stated that the supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit. Now let me pause right there. If you said that prayer with us and you had not received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you said that prayer and you meant that prayer, there is now another individual that's living inside your spirit. So when we make this statement and say the supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit, now you can be this supernatural man. Why did I say that? Because now your spirit has been enlivened, your spirit has become activated, and your spirit has been endorsed by the Spirit of God. And so now you can do things in a supernatural way rather than doing things in just a natural way. Did you get that? All right. So we said that the natural man lives his life through his soul and his body. Before I was saved, now I'm talking about me, before I was saved, I lived my life through my soul and my body. Now, I'm going to explain that. What I mean is that I live my life through my soul. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. So my entire life was lived by what I thought, by what I felt, and what I did. That's what governed my entire life before I called on the name of the Lord and allowed him to come and live inside my human spirit. So that's what we mean when we say the natural man lives his life through his soul and his body. So that was my soul part, what I thought, what I felt, 
and what I did. And then my body part, that's my physical being part. That's everything that I could relate to my five senses, my sight, my smell, my hearing, you know the story, so on and so forth. So I was governed by my appetites, by sleeping, by eating, by drinking, natural things. That's what we mean when we say the natural man, he's living his life through his soul and his body. Everything is just a natural occurrence. And so our third point, we said that the supernatural man is a man possessed, owned, and occupied by his spirit. Did you get that? Okay, so we've laid the groundwork for what we're discussing tonight, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. If you just joined us, we are talking about the supernatural man here on The Defender. So we're going to open up with a scripture here, and we're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's turn in our Bibles. You know we always say when you come on this broadcast, you need to have your Bibles with you. Some of you have it on your phone, and that's great. But we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and this is the verse. We at verse 18. And so I'm just going to read that for the sake of time. We are in the King James Version. So in verse 18 it says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, this is telling us that as believers, what we are looking at are things that cannot be seen. Because it says we're not looking at things which are seen. The things are, which are seen are things that you and I look at every day. These are things that's in the physical universe. We look at these things every day. Or we look at circumstances that go on in our life every day. These are the things that we can see. We can see the problems that we have. We can see the different uh, things that we face that seems to confront us day in and day out. These are the things that are seen. We can see what our financial situation may be. We can see what our, what our bank accounts look like. We can see what our, what our, our living conditions look like. These are things that we can see. We can see things that are happening in our relationships. So it says that we don't look at things that are seen. So it's talking about the physical, material universe. But it says we are focused on the things which are not seen. And it gives us the reason why. It says, well, the things which are seen are temporal. What does that mean? That means that they are very short-lived. Another word for that is ephemeral, which is E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L, ephemeral. That means that it's lasting a very short time. Did you get that? Lasting a very short time. So listen, we should not be focused on things that are going to last a very short time. We should not be so occupied with things that have no 
eternal significance. Because that's the next word that it talks about. It says, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And eternal means having an infinite duration. Did you hear that? That means having an infinite duration. Now, if you're going to be a supernatural person, the supernatural part of you is the infinite part of you. It's the eternal part of you. The natural part of you is the temporal part of you. Did you get that? It makes sense. So we're talking about two different variations here. We're talking about how we're going to be a supernatural person versus being a natural person. Because in the times and the seasons that we're living in today, it's going to take supernatural occurrences for the believers of Christ to live through. Did you hear that? It's going to take supernatural occurrences. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's going to take God's intervention in our circumstances and in our lives in order for us to live in the perplexities of what's coming in the days ahead. You can turn on the news right now and see all the incredible, just crazy stuff that's happening. You see things being turned upside down. The world is literally turned upside down. You can see that yourself. It may be happening in your family. It may be happening in your community. It may be happening in your city, in your state, in your nation. The world is turned upside down. And so you and I, as supernatural people, we have got to learn what we have, and we've got to learn how to operate in what we have. We have to know whose we are and what we are. Did you get that? I'm going to say that again. We have to know whose we are and what we are. So we looked at that scripture right there. Now, I'm just laying some foundation for us tonight because, as I said, this is truly a topic that is an ongoing revelation, meaning that it's, it's something that has to be deeply implanted into your spirit. You have to get it in your spirit. It has to be revealed unto you. See, we come on this broadcast week after week. And I know for a fact that many people that are tuning in to the broadcast, they get some information and it goes directly to their mind. And so that's a form of teaching. And that, that's pretty good. You know, that, that has some benefits. It does. We don't want to discount that. But then there are those who tune into the broadcast and things are revealed to their spirit. And that's a whole nother topic right there. When things are revealed to your spirit, it's going to make a deeper impression on you because it's something that's imparted into the very nature of your being. Did you get that? So I want you to understand that. So you got to ask yourself, where are you? When God comes and when he wants to speak to you and he wants to uh, drop something in you, are you just receiving things 
in your mind or are you really allowing things to be revealed to you in your spirit? See, I know many people will take things and they'll discard them because they say, I've heard that before or I've already graduated from that and I've been guilty of doing it myself. So I have to retrain my thinking and retrain myself to say, Father, I don't know everything and I only know a portion of what it is that you are dispensing. So expand my spirit so that I can receive more of what you are bringing to my understanding. Did you, did you get that? Amen. So let's go on a little bit further. I'm, I'm slowing down tonight because we're really trying to communicate an impartation to you. The topic for tonight is called the supernatural man. Now, we say supernatural, and we've explained that. Now, you know that the world is, they are captured by supernatural incidences, supernatural occurrences, and supernatural things. You know that. I know that. Turn on the TV. Shows called Supernatural uh, for the good and for the bad. Uh, everything is, is just, you know, dealing with this whole world of otherworldly beings or otherworldly things taking place. We are fascinated by the supernatural. We're fascinated by things that defy the laws of nature. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, is not surprised by any of that. He's not taken aback by any of that. As a matter of fact, he put the agency in us to seek after the things that are supernatural. He placed them there. But always with God, when he moves, there's always counterfeit operations that try to sway people away from the truth of what God is presenting to his people. And these are the things that we have to be careful about. So like I said, we're just laying some foundation here. So let's get into this thing a little bit, a little bit deeper, okay? Let's go to another passage of Scripture. We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 4, verse 24. The book of John, chapter 4, verse 24. And this is going to lay a little bit more of the premise of where we're coming from. So this is the demonstration of a ruling spirit. How do we know this? Where John 4 and 24 tells us, basically, this is the construct and this is where we come from. And this is why we understand that in order to be a supernatural man, you have to understand where your super comes from. Did you get that? In order to be a supernatural man, you have to understand where your super comes from. Now, in John 4 and 24, it reads, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So this lays the precedent down that in order for us to contact God, we've got to contact God in our spirit. Now, we've did a lot of broadcasts before talking about the, the spirit, the soul, the body. We've did numerous broadcasts reiterating this theme over and over again. And I know many people that have tuned in may say, why do we seem to stay in the same context? It's because 
there is no ending to what we are tapping into. Did you get that? There is no ending to what we're tapping into, so we have to continuously reiterate our focus. We have to constantly pull ourselves back into this realm or this dimension that we're living in, and it's in our spirit, because here it says that God is a spirit. So that means you don't contact him with anything but your spirit. Now, if you are a natural person and you are living under the dictates of your natural self, then you cannot really contact God because you don't have the agency or the operation to have him indwelling in you. So you cry out from a place for him to come to a place. Did you get that? Because it said God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we got to be in the spirit in order to get God. And our spirit, as we said before, is a dead spirit until it's activated by the life of God in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ comes to you and me, family and friends, our spirit is totally null. It's, it's, a, it's like a battery that has went dead. You know, a battery that's a dead battery. Now, it's a battery. It's supposed to be charged, but there's no life in the battery. Think of your cell phone when it dies down. Your cell phone has a battery, and that battery charges the phone so that you can do what? Communicate. So, when the life of the battery goes down, it needs to be charged in order for you to communicate. So this is the same precedence that it is in our spirit. Your spirit and my spirit is like that battery in your cell phone. If it's not charged, it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. But in order for it to be charged, we have to do what? You've got to take that apparatus and you have to plug it in to a power source. Now, God as the spirit is the power source. I'm, I'm bringing this revelation to you so that you can follow it, so that you can grasp it. Think of it in those terms. So that our spirit is like that battery. It's got all the capacity in it for divine communication with the spirit of God. But that battery, if it is not charged, is not going to operate in the functions that it's supposed to operate in. So it has to be plugged in to the power source. So this is what we mean about becoming in contact with God and being saved. When you are regenerated, it's like that battery. The battery gets regenerated when it's in that phone and that phone is plugged into the wall. See, that battery is your human spirit. The phone itself is like your body or what it's encased in. That, that, that spirit is encased inside of something, and that's the whole mechanism of the soul. So it has to be plugged into the power source. And when it's plugged into the power source, that's when your battery starts charging. 2%, 8%, 20%, 
50%, 80%. And so there's a constant charging that takes place until you get it up to where it needs to be, to where it's fully charged. You see that? So I'm using that as a reference point. So God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, we are talking about how to become a supernatural man. That's the title of our broadcast. So we're going to go to another scripture. Now, I know I said I'm just laying the foundation here. We have to have a foundation laid so that we can understand because many people are not getting what they think they ought to get. And many of us are missing things that we should not be missing. And we're missing them because we don't have the faculties alive. We don't have the agencies that are active that need to be active. So I'm speaking this way to you, and that's why we did the prayer in the beginning and why we asked you to come into the fellowship of God so that you will have the capacity to be able to receive the download. Did you get that? All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go there. And I'm reading out the King James Version, as I said. Now, we're going we're gonna to attempt to get into this and to break this down here so we can really get an understanding. Now, we just read in John 4 and 24 that God is a spirit. We know that. So here we go again. We're going a little bit deeper into the, the terrain that we're traveling on. So in verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now, we just talked about that. It didn't say that God gave to our mind. It didn't say God gave to our will or our emotions of what we felt. It didn't say any of that. It said God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Did you get that? All right, so... Now, we know that we, we jump right into something because we started on the preposition of but. So there was something before that. So what do we do? We always say that when you are reading the word of God, when you are studying, when you are listening, when you are plowing through the scriptures, you must get the proper context. Why? So you can have the proper conclusion to what you're reading. So we got to take this back up a couple of scriptures, okay? So we started in verse 10, but there was something before verse 10. So let's go ahead and start at verse 1. And I'm doing this because we got to get a proper context. You already know that God is a spirit, John 4 and 24. You already know that you got to worship him in your spirit, John 4 and 24. But we got to understand where we're going right now. So let's start at verse 2. Now, this is Paul, and he's talking about the wisdom of God. And he basically says here in verse 2, he's speaking to some people, and he's basically talking about the things of God versus the things of the natural mind, okay? And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with supernatural versus natural. So in verse 1, it says, And our brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Basically what he's saying is this. Listen, I didn't come to you with all these fancy words. I didn't come to you with this fancy speech. I didn't come to you with a lot of wisdom because, see, this man at this time, the apostle, he was dealing with people that dealt with philosophy. They dealt with their mental faculties. They dealt with knowledge. 
and the wisdom, but it was the wisdom of the Grecian period. See, these were people who were very versed in philosophical things. They were very versed in things of the mind. And you know, you know people like that today. I know I do. I know that I was one of those people until God knocked me off of my own wisdom. So this is what he's dealing with. So he said, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. What is that telling you and me? That means that everything that we do, we got to make it about Christ. He is the centerpiece of everything that we do. He said, I didn't determine to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So that means that your life and my life must be centered around the center focal point, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3, then he said, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He was in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Why? Because he wanted to be, uh, show himself to be uh, weak in the things of what they thought they were strong in. But he was in fear also because he never wanted to miss the revelation that Christ had given him. and He didn't want to miss his contact with God. So he says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He didn't use taglines and hashtag lines to try to pull you into his conversation. Did you get that? He didn't use a whole bunch of uh, phraseology and a bunch of wording to try to sound smart and to sound like he had it going on and, and he knew so much. He didn't use enticing words. See, that's what that means, enticing. When you entice somebody, it's like baiting somebody. You put something out there that somebody wants, and you do that so you can lure them in. So he said, listen, I didn't do that. I didn't use enticing words of man's wisdom. He didn't do that. He said, but what did he do? It was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, we talked about last week authority and power. So here's Paul. He had the authority to execute power because the authority he had came from the authoritator, which is Jesus Christ. Did you get that? It came from the authorized author of everything. That's how he got his power. It came from the person of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 5, he did these things, says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That means that for you and I, family and friends, our faith, what we believe, what you're standing on right now, what I'm standing on right now, it should not be in the wisdom of men. Did you get that? It should not be in what man deems to be important and what man seems to think is, is so, uh, so fascinating. It shouldn't be in what man esteems to be the best and the brightest. It shouldn't be in man's wisdom. It should not be. He said, it should be in the power of God. Now, that speaks volumes right there. So our faith should be in the power of God. That's where our belief should be. That is the place where you and I, family, friends, we should be standing in the power of God. Verse 6, he says, how be it? We speak wisdom. He said, okay, but we do speak wisdom among them that are perfect. And what do you mean by that? He's not saying that they don't, you know, these are not people that don't make mistakes. He's not saying that. 
He's saying, I'm speaking, we're speaking the wisdom to those that are perfect. We're speaking to the wisdom to those that will have the capacity to move on to maturity. He says, yet not the wisdom of this world. Now, that's very key. It's not the wisdom of this world. I want you to remember that this world. He says, not the wisdom of this world. He says, nor of the princes of this world. It's not the wisdom of this world, and it's not in the princes of this world. Now, those are two things that you and I should be paying special attention to. Not the wisdom of the world and not the princes of this world. He says, because the princes of this world, it comes to nothing or comes to naught. That's what that means. Verse 7, he said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now, we just don't have the time to divulge all of what that goes into, so I just have to keep reading, okay? But the wisdom of this world and then the hidden wisdom, you'll see a lot. And I'll just make a reference point and note to this. A lot of people are seeking after the hidden wisdom. But the hidden wisdom that they're seeking after is a shadow of the true wisdom of God. And what I mean by that, you're going to find so many different branches of religious groups or philosophical groups or theological groups or uh, uh, spiritual, so-called spiritual groups that fall up under that part about the hidden wisdom. They believe that they have the hidden wisdom. This is a lot of things that deal with new age doctrines, a lot of things that deal with uh, things of a scientific nature that has esoteric, and that just means hidden as well, means hitting uh, meanings and things like that. You see a lot of that today. We just don't have time to divulge and get into that. But it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So God did all these things, and he put them in the mystery. The mystery is Christ. Let me just make that flatly, emphatically stated on this broadcast. There is no mystery but the mystery of Christ. He is the real mystery. It's Jesus Christ. It's not these so-called foreign gods, these fake gods, these uh, drummed-up things that people have uh, surmised in their mind. The mystery is Christ. The mystery is him himself. The mystery is how, on this broadcast, how did an individual, how did God, who inhabits all creation, come to live on the inside of you and the inside of me when we repent of our sins, confess his name, and ask him to come in and live in us. That in itself is a mystery. You see that? So that's what we mean when we say the mystery is Christ. Now, you're going to see a lot of shadows in the world, a lot of shadows that try to take people away from the true meaning of God. But Christ himself is the mystery. So let's go on a little bit further, okay? Here we go. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't know it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's basically saying that if they had known who Jesus really was, they wouldn't have crucified him. Why? Because when they crucified him, that gave rights for you and me 
to be able to come into his fellowship and for him to come and live inside of us. That means that that one man was like a seed that fell to the ground. He died and was fell to the ground, but he produced many seeds because of the life-giving spirit that was in him. Did you get that? So that means that one Jesus became millions of little Jesus, meaning his spirit embodies us. That's what we mean when we say that. And if the princes of the world, if those that had authority and power at that time, if they knew that, they wouldn't have crucified him. Because when he was Jesus, he was contained just in that one body. Do you see that? He was contained just in those 33 and a half years that he walked on the earth. That's where he was. He was contained and confined in that. But when he died and was resurrected, his life spirit came to live in everybody who would receive him. So that was the multiplication process right there. You see that? For all you mathematicians, that was that times number up at the top of the number. It was Jesus times infinity because anybody that wants to receive him can receive him. Do you get that? And, and that's why we're in this realm and we're in this dimension and we're in this fight like we are because we can receive him at the snap of a finger. All we got to do is really confess our sin and repent and, and, and ask God to come and live in us. And when we do that, we've turned over. we got a new individual, a new entity that has come to live on the inside of us. And that's why salvation is so powerful and is so key. Okay, so let's go on a bit further. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, you probably heard that scripture quoted a million times. I'm sure you have. I know that I have. Okay, but we, that, that gives us a precedence to where we got to. Then we get to verse 10, and that's what we just read. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. Now, I know that tonight on the broadcast, we, we went really deep on some things. But when you accept God, you now have the capacity to receive the deep things of God. That means that you don't have to keep swimming in the shallow end of the swimming pool. You can swim in the deep waters of God because your spirit now has the capacity to receive what he has to give. So I say that, and I, I'm going. yes, I'm going to say that right now. Don't let people tell you that it's not that deep or you can't get that deep. Don't let people tell you that. I've heard people tell me that all my life, I'm telling you, and I just I can't stand to hear it no more. Yes, I know some things are simple and some things are uh, on the surface, and I know some things are just for uh, just for the taking. You know, I'm not saying that God is complex in that nature. I'm saying he'll reveal to us and break things down for us on a level that a baby can receive it. But I'm also saying to those individuals who may be somewhat uh, in a category that, that, that I find myself in, don't be afraid of the deep things of God. 
You want to stay away from the deep things of Satan, but you don't want to be afraid of the deep things of God. Because he said that we can go there. We, we can go there. He said, yeah, my spirit search of all things. That's what he said. My spirit search of all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. So don't be afraid of the deep things of God. And I know people may try to tell you that, you know, it ain't that deep and, you know, you don't have to get that deep and don't, you know, and I'm telling you that, that if there's anything that has discouraged me more in my searching, questing, and seeking the kingdom of God, it has been hearing that all over, you know, through different individuals. And I know it's not the individuals. I know it's not the people that I'm, that actually are trying to you know keep me from that, but it's actually the antichrist or the spirit that is against God that wants to try to discourage me from going to the deep things of God. Did you get that? So all of you who are searching for deeper meaning in life, all of you who are searching for the deeper things of God, all of you who know that there's more to this walk than what you may have been accustomed to, and you know that it's a deeper place in God, and you want to go deeper, you want to find out that there's more to God than just this shallow existence, I'm saying the green light is on by way of the Holy Spirit. Go for it. Because God never said that we can't search the deep things of God. He said that he talked about over in Revelation, he said the deep things of Satan. That's, that's a different thing. That synagogue. Stay away from that synagogue. Because that synagogue is going to always try to counterfeit and try to mimic the deep, real things of God. Did you get that? It will always try to do that. So I'm saying this to encourage you to go on in the deep things of God. You know, if you need a little bit more understanding and if it takes some more reading, then get deeper. If you got to get some more books to get some more understanding, then read a little bit more. If you got to pray a little harder, then pray a little bit harder. You know, if you've got to stay in that prayer closet longer, then go ahead and stay in there a little longer. You know, but ask God because he won't deny you. He will not deny you. He may, he may withhold for a certain time, but it's not denial. You know what I'm saying? Saying not right now does not mean that he's saying no. Did you get that? Saying not right now does not mean that he's saying no. But God has to take you and I through progressions. You see that? We have to develop in our appetite and in our things for God. We have to understand that God takes us through processional stages of development. And when we prove uh, worthy or we prove faithful in the smaller things, in the, the more mundane things, then he can trust us with the weightier things. Did you get that? He can trust you with the weightier things if you are faithful to the smaller things. So you start out with a little bit. He gives you revelation through your spirit. And sometimes God is giving you revelation through your spirit because you cannot, you cannot process all that he wants to download to you at that point in time. It would be too much for your mental faculties to hold. Did you get that? It, it would blast through and you wouldn't, be able to, you wouldn't be able to reconcile within your own being what God is dispensing to you. So you have to be in a place to where you can take it easy and let God disseminate or let him disperse what he wants to disperse through his spirit to your spirit as the time pass and as time go on. 
You understand that? See, revelation, like we said, is revealed to your spirit. And that's what this scripture said. It says God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Did you see that? We know that God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God reveals the things by his spirit. They're revealed. Revealed means to make known. He make them known to our spirit. So that's what we say. There's a difference between being taught something and being revealed something. If something is revealed to you, that's the deepest place that it can go because it's going into your spirit, which is the deepest place inside of you. So when God reveals things through your spirit, sometimes your mind cannot accurately describe what is taking place in your spirit because in your mental realm, that's where your soul resides. That's your soul is faculty, what you think. So what you think has to be immersed in what is happened and transpired in your spirit. Your spirit has to communicate back to your mind. Your spirit has to renew your mind. That's why in Romans 12 and 12 it says, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's that word spirit again. The spirit of God has to renew your mind. It has to renew my mind because if we don't have the spirit of God, then we won't be able to accurately speak about or convey what has happened in our spirit. Our mind won't be able to process it. So I'm saying it to you to, to be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged tonight, and we will continue on the broadcast. We have a lot more that we're going to uh, divulge in talking about the supernatural man, but know that this is a place where God is calling you and I to be. And we've got to be in a place to where we are ready to receive all that God wants to give to us. And it's going to take a separation of our spirit, soul, and body in order to be able to receive it. Because in these days and times, it's going to take the supernatural in order for us to survive. We're going to have to be able to see heaven manifest itself in order for us to survive. So in that verse, it said, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit search of all things, yeah, the deep things of God. And then the next verse says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Did you hear that? So it's just reiterating what we're saying. It's reiterating what we're talking about in this particular passage of scripture is letting us know that this spirit part is the deepest part of our being. Your spirit, man, is the deepest part of our being. And it's and it's going to and listen, it's going to penetrate. It's going to penetrate uh places uh where the, the mind of man can can only know the superficial things. Your mind, my mind, we can only know things that are limited. And that's why we talked about temporal, ephemeral, and we talked about eternal, infinite, everlasting. Your spirit is everlasting. Your spirit is an everlasting organ. When it becomes activated by the spirit of God, it is an everlasting organ. That means it is infinite, infinite. It does not stop. It does not cease existence. It lives. 
because God's life has contacted it. So we're, we're going to pause for tonight. We're going to pick up the broadcast again next week. Uh, we are on The Defender once again. We are on every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our broadcast tonight has been called The Supernatural Man. Tune in next week because you don't want to miss the continuation of this powerful, powerful broadcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Have yourself a great evening. God bless. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give this counsel as pertains to what he has revealed in his word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyright by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.